Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Amen. Well, welcome to Genesee Valley Church. Welcome to our last message in this series called Filler Up. And for those that are watching online or listening on our podcast, we just want to say welcome to our church family. We trust that it's going to be a blessing to you as well. But you know, you realize that when it comes to coming to church, uh, sometimes you just got to stir some things up, don't you? So again, I, I don't want you to sit back and just say, well, Sooner or later, he's going to be done talking. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit's going to be talking to you this morning. And sometimes you just got to stir up your expectation on the inside. I said it earlier. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said, if the Spirit of God is not moving, I move the Spirit. How do we move the Spirit of God? We do it by faith. And so I want you to sit here this morning, not just saying, well, it's going to be done in just a matter of a few minutes. No, I want you to sit here and say, I'm getting everything that God has for me this morning. I'm going to hear from heaven and God's going to change my life. Amen. Because today you're in the right place at the right time and God has something for you. Amen. Say it with me. Say, fill her up. Oh, we're going to get filled up this morning, and I trust that you have been getting filled up. And if you've been participating with us during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're probably finding that God is stirring you on the inside and just drawing you closer. And so, if you recall, we said over the last few weeks, we drew the parallel of getting filled up as pulling up to the gas station, right? Uh, uh, getting filled up. And I don't know uh, if you're aware, but I'm sure that you are, and especially in today's market, the prices that you pay at the pump. How many of you have ever realized that when you pull up to the pump, there's not just one option? There's multiple options when it comes to fuel. Depending on where you're at, you might find that there's one side you can get diesel fuel. But then you'll also notice that when it comes to the gasoline, there's different buttons and each button is assigned to a different octane right there might be 87 octane the next one is 93 the next one might be 96 and so in each particular pump or whatever you choose it is going to have a higher or lesser degree of octane in the gasoline in fact, some of you might be aware of the fact that, you know, there are uh, certain stations that will run ethanol. You might see on there, you know, up to 10% ethanol, or maybe it's just a, a, a whole lot more depending on the gas station you go to. But if you've ever noticed, if you've ever filled up with ethanol, 
you might identify, recognize that the gas prices are cheaper. And so instinctively, you're thinking, huh, cheaper, I'm getting out ahead. But you might identify or realize that when you fill up with ethanol gas, even though it's a cheaper price to pay, it does not burn as long or take you as far. Right? And so, in the parallel of that, oftentimes what we're looking for from a spiritual standpoint is like, I want to be full, I want to be filled up, but what's it going to cost me? You know, because I know that uh, it, it's going to cost quite a bit to fill up with high-octane gas. But here's what I want you to know, that when it comes to the gas pump of coming up to God's uh, uh, fill, filling station, if you will... It doesn't cost you anything because Jesus already paid the price for it. Remember, he said this. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. So all you got to do is get filled. Fill her up. And he says, you get the advantage. But so oftentimes we're looking at it and saying, what's it going to cost me in order to do so? And if you also understand when it comes to... Uh, 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 the gas, like I said, if you put higher octane in your gas tank, what does it do? It burns cleaner. It becomes more efficient. It's healthier for your vehicle all the way around, right? And so much like that in your own personal life. If you're running higher octane in your spiritual tank, if you will, you'll just burn cleaner. You'll become more efficient and more healthy. Not that it costs you more, it's just that you was willing to partake of more what was available to you. Amen. And so you'll just begin to see that your life begins to look different. Amen. How many of you know that people look at when it comes to serving God, uh, what's it going to cost me? And because I re realize that when it comes to serving God, it's about not doing this. And I can't do that no more. And I, I want to do that. But they say I can't do that and so on and so forth. You realize that when it comes to being full of God... The more full of God that you are, the less of the junk of life that you want. I said, the more that you're filled with God, the less junk that you want in your life. You know, for that matter, when it comes, there's something extremely significant when it comes to being full of the Spirit. You, you know, there is a hunger that comes as a result of being full. And it's interesting, the parallel, but also the difference when it comes to being hungry naturally. You know, uh, you could talk about food to the point where everybody starts getting hungry. About the ooey-gooey pizza, man, stuffed crust pizza. Oh, so good. I'm telling you what, man. Melt in your mouth. And so you could be starving by the time you get out of here, run to the pizza shop and get some pizza and... Eat till you're full and get to the place that, you know, I can't eat another bite. I'm satisfied. I'm satiated. I just got to push away from the table because I ate, to my, I ate myself full and I don't want no more. But when it comes to being spiritually hungry, spiritual hunger causes you to hunger more. It says, the more that you're filled, the more hungry that you become. The more hungry that you become, the more that you'll get filled. The more that you get filled, the hungrier that you get. 
Jesus said that in Luke's gospel. He says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So the more that you get of God, you don't step back and say, well, God, that's enough. No, you find that, man, I get hungry for more of God. God, I just find out more and I want more. And it's how God functions and operates in your life. And when you become full, your life begins to look different. Remember last week, I think I said that, you know, God even begins to help work on your personality. And all the wife says, praise the Lord. <laughs> and I said, you know, sometimes we get a little bit concerned about that. Well, I like me. God's going to change me? Well, God likes you because he made you the way that you are. And if God's going to change or modify any of your personality, he's not going to make you a lesser you. He's going to make you a better you, right? And so we begin to actually see that in the scripture, that as the body of Christ, the people of God are filled, God begins to change their priorities. If you recall over in Acts chapter 2, this is where we see the initial filling of the Holy Spirit. We said that, uh, and actually it was Jesus worded it this way. He says, you'll be baptized with the Spirit. When the Spirit came, the promise that Jesus had told them of, the Bible says something significant happened. When they were filled, something began to change in the way that they talk. They began to speak in other tongues, the Bible says. Or in other words, they received a spirit language by which they could pray. And you might say, what does that benefit me? Oh, it begins to change your personality. It begins to change your priorities. And we begin to see that just a, a few verses later in that same chapter. Look at what it says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Just a few verses down the road in the very same chapter. Notice what it says here. These people that were filled, it says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all who had, uh, who, anyone who had need. Verse 46 says, So continuing daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So in other words, when they were filled with the Spirit, their octane began to change. And as a result of running on higher octane, their lives began to change. What changed? The Bible says that they were not so self-absorbed. Don't we live in a culture that is self-absorbed? It's all about me and my. And it says that they, just, they looked at the body of Christ, and if somebody was in need, we just helped them, and nobody was lacking anything because of their heart. Then it goes on to say that they were spending time in the temple every day. In other words, the church was a part of their regular lifestyle. It says that they begin to break bread or they had fellowship with one another. You mean people in church actually knew one another outside of the periodic showing up on Sunday morning? Yeah, they broke bread together. And in that means that they also grew spiritually because they had Bible studies. Breaking bread together. And then it goes on to say, because of after being filled, their personality being changed, their priorities changed. And it says people actually begin to have favor with other people in the city. Oh, you mean 
The culture we live in now that wants to shut down Christianity and shut down your witness and tell you don't share your love about Jesus or tell somebody about Jesus. Why? Why do they try to cause you to be quiet? Because the devil knows that if your personalities and priorities change, that you'll actually begin to have favor with people. People will look at your life and say, tell me more. There's something that's causing me to be hungry. And then notice what it says in the very last uh, sentence. It says, and the church was added to daily for those that were receiving Christ and being saved. So listen, when you are filled, when you pull up to the pump and say, God, fill her up, life begins to change. Priorities look different. It says that there was simplicity of heart, meaning I'm not so busy running here, running there, and getting distracted and got to do this and got to do that. Oh, listen, I know what life is meant to be for, and that's to have a relationship with Jesus and everything else will fall in line. Come on, that was a good place to say Amen. I said, life looks different when we fill her up. And so, as we begin to talk about this, of being filled, we said that there are certain advantages or there's benefits of being filled. And I said to you before that when it comes to this idea of being filled with having a spirit language by which we can pray, many people resist or step back to say, well, that's just babble. There's no understanding. Well, last week we talked about some of the understanding that it brings. And so if you want to, you can listen to that message from last week. But let's continue to look at what the benefits of being filled are. Now, let me say this uh, before we move further. Concerning being filled, there is a corresponding action that must take place. So in other words, you may have at one time... Received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Received a spirit language by which you could pray. But just having received does not make you full. Because in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, now, be being filled with the Spirit. So in other words, he's saying you can leak. You got to stay full. So how do I stay full once I have been filled? I have a practice or a lifestyle of praying in the Spirit. So I could say it this way. The benefits that we're laying out for you are not automatic. They're available upon being filled. Or in other words, if you don't have a practice of praying in the Spirit, some of the benefits lie dormant because they're conditional based upon you praying in the Spirit or staying full. Are you tracking with me? All right, so what are the benefits that we're going to look at today? As we close out this message this morning, the benefits that we're going to see this morning is that when you're filled, everybody say, fill her up. When you're filled, you will increase in revelation knowledge. When you're filled, you'll strengthen your faith. When you're filled, it will produce spiritual growth or spiritual maturity. Now, all three of these things overlap one another. You can't have one without the other. So in other words, you can't have revelation knowledge without getting faith. You can't grow in faith without having revelation knowledge. And you can't grow spiritually if you're not growing in your faith. So all of these things 
overlap and partner together in your walk with the Lord. All right, so let's look at the first one here. Number one, praying in the Spirit increases the octane of your faith. Or we could say that praying in the Spirit increases or builds your faith. It fortifies it. It strengthens it. So, what does the Scripture say about that? In Jude chapter 20, or verse 20 rather, notice what it says here. Jude 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, did you see what it said? It said to us that your faith is built fortified, stirred, increased as a result of you praying in the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I want all the faith that I can get. I want my faith to be as active and as powerful as it can be. And if there's an advantage that Jesus said the Holy Spirit brings, then give me the advantage because, man, God says to walk by faith and live by faith. Right? So I need some help. So when it comes to praying in the Spirit that will help build my faith, look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. We, we touched on this last week, but it will bear repeating once again. In verse 25 of chapter 8, he says, But if we hope for what, is, what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So let's pause. We'll continue with that in just a minute. But that... Verse is the definition of faith. It is really the same definition, just worded a little bit different, as what Jesus said in Mark 11, 23 and 24, where he says, whatever you believe, you will receive those things. If you doubt not in your heart, you'll have whatever you ask. In definition, worded a little bit different, as you'll find in Hebrews 11, 1, where it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he says, now, when you're standing in faith, when you're believing for something, he says, if we have hope for what we do not see, eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we, what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, he says that when I don't know what I should pray for, when my understanding is unfruitful, I can pray in the Spirit, and he says it bypasses my brain and I begin to pray the perfect will of God. Now listen, if you're struggling with some things, or if you're endeavoring to believe God for things, praying and asking for something, doesn't it build your faith to know that when I'm praying in the Spirit, I am praying the very perfect will of God? Oh, come on. That ought to just make you run down and say, fill her up. I'm ready. If I know that I can pray the perfect will of God, I'm set. Come on. 
He says that I can pray the perfect will of God. Don't you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, now pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, <coughs> excuse me, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus already said that the Father desires for his will to be functional. And he said, now, if you'll pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. Come on, is this helping somebody's faith right now? All right. Now, in regards to helping my faith, once again, you have to understand that if I'm praying the will of God, then that must mean that I am beginning to have revelation knowledge concerning the will of God. God's bringing understanding. Now, how do I know that? If I go over and look in 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 14, look at what it says here. So oftentimes we think, well, I just don't know. I just don't know. Have you ever noticed in your Bible that it ever was written, you just never know? No. Notice what it says here in 1 John. It says, now, this is the confidence, or you could say, this is our bold faith. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So, he just said, if you'll pray the will, you'll get the will. If you're praying in line with his will, your answers are 100% guaranteed. Once again, then sign me up, baby. I want to be able to pray in such a way that I'm praying the will of God. And if I'm praying the will of God, my answers are on the way. Come on, are you seeing how this builds your faith? But once again, faith and revelation are interchangeable. I need to have faith. But then once I have faith, revelation comes. But then the more revelation that I get, then my faith goes to another level. So let me just stir you for just a moment. Let me bring to your attention the last portion of that scripture. In verse 15, it says, And if we know that he hears us, does God hear your prayers? I know that he hears mine. And I don't have to yell at him. He says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions or the answers that we have asked of him. To not exercise your faith in that verse, you have to have help. What do I mean by that? You have to have the enemy sitting on your shoulder saying, well, you remember the last time you prayed. You didn't get any answer, so what makes you think you're going to get this one answered? Because last time, God didn't answer your prayer. Or you hear that little voice of the preacher of your church that you grew up in, and they're saying this contrary to this or that. And you're like, well, you know, I remember what I was taught before. And so you've got to have help in order to say, well, I guess when it comes to my prayers being answered, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. No, he says, when I'm praying according to the will of God, especially when I'm praying in the Spirit, I get my prayers answered every single time. So just like I've got to have help not to believe this, when I'm having trouble believing it, the helper 
the Holy Spirit will help bring that to a reality or bring it to truth. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm seeing some things. I'm growing. God's faithful. His word don't change. I can pray the will of God. And when I pray the will of God, my prayers get answered. How do I know I can pray the will of God? Well, when I don't know what I should pray for, I can just pray in the spirit. And it's the perfect will of God because he knows the heart and the will of God. Praise the Lord. Is this helping anybody? This would help you when you send your kids to school. Rather than getting all panicked and worried, thinking, dear God, what are they going into? I'm praying the perfect will of God for my kids. Well, yeah, but what about? You know you saw it on the news. Well, the only thing is, is that my kid didn't go to that school. You say, well, what does that make a difference of? Because if my kid would have gone to school there, God would have protected the whole school because my kid goes there. Did you hear what I said? Oh, that might be a little bit hard for you to believe. No, my kids, well, they're homeschooled now. But they did go to Clio. So because I'm praying the will of God for my kids' life, when they go to the Clio school districts, that means that the entire school has the will of God on it because my kids go there. And I've been praying for the will of God for them. And therefore, when they go there, I don't have to be fearful of anything bad happening. Hello? Now, you might say, I'm struggling with that. Well, then just stir yourself up. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring it to a reality. Revelation. Can somebody say amen? All right. Number two. I said first and foremost, I said when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit, I said that praying in the Spirit will increase or build your faith. Secondly, praying in the Spirit brings revelation. Faith and revelation go hand in hand. They're partners together. So therefore, praying in the Spirit, we could say it this way, it's the door to greater revelation. I said praying in the Spirit is a door to greater realities. So let me just put it this way. It's the beginning of seeing God move in your life in a greater way. You'll never believe God for miracles if you're not filled with the Spirit. Well, why is that? I didn't say that you don't believe that God can. But in order for you to have an expectation that God wants to do miracles in your life, that God wants to be faithful to you, and listen, you'll never believe for greater things. You'll just leave it to happenstance until you're filled. Because greater revelation comes. Amen? All right. When it comes to being filled, filled once again, it's building up my faith. I must have faith in order to have faith built. But once I have faith built, revelation comes. Now, how do I know that? So once again, how does faith come? How do you get faith in the first place? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the only way that I can have faith is by God's written word in my heart. But the only way he builds up faith is once I've already had it there. So that means that the word that I've already got hid in my heart, it's faith or it's there by faith. But in order for God to expand or increase or build my faith, he has to take the word that has already been inside of me by which I received through the word. So that means that God brings greater revelation to that which I already know. Are you tracking with me? I didn't lose you, did I? 
I'll give you an example. This past week on Wednesday night uh, is our church prayer. If you've never been, come on out. You'll be just blessed. You'll have a good time. You'll learn how to pray. Praise God. Or pray more efficiently or just pray better or you'll just help us pray. But as I was getting ready for Wednesday night, all week, Monday and Tuesday, this scripture had been stirring in my heart. And it was the scripture that says, that Paul said in Corinthians, he says, pray for me that a door of utterance would be given or granted so that I might be able to make manifest the mysteries of Christ as I ought. Then over in Colossians, it says this. He says, a, 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 uh, an effectual door, a door and an effectual door has been granted unto me and many adversaries oppose me. And so that kept stirring in my heart. And I knew that when it came to Wednesday night, we had to pray about doors. Doors of opportunity. But then I began to study just those few verses. And all of a sudden, you talk about a download of revelation concerning doors. Man, God began to take me here, take me there, take me there. And ultimately, Jesus said in John's gospel, he says, I am the door. Oh, come on. You talk about having doors of, uh, of utterance, uh, uh, factual doors open. What is it? It's simply an opportunity for Jesus to be Jesus. Amen. And so once again, revelation came once I began to stir up what was on the inside. Faith and revelation go together. The only way that your faith can increase is by having more revelation of the word. So in other words, knowing the word is to know the will of God. Did you hear what I said? I said, the more of the word of God that you begin to understand, the greater the will of God that you'll know in your life. Amen. All right. When it comes to being filled, say it with me, fill her up. Once again, this is contingent and partnered with praying in the spirit. Number three, we said this, that being filled develops your spiritual growth. Or in other words, you'll start to mature as a believer. All right. So to stay full is to stay in fellowship with God. So in other words, you have to practice praying in the Spirit. Driving down the road, just talking to the Lord. I'm in the grocery store talking to the Lord. When you're in the grocery store, I don't recommend that you do out loud because people think you're crazy. They won't understand. That's all right. Some people in church think you're crazy. That's all right. Just be mindful of who's in the bathroom with you. You know, don't be in there just, you know, shundai, shundai. You know, you know be, use some wisdom, all right? <laughs> Amen. But to be full is to stay in fellowship with God. The fuller that I am, the more conscious that I am of Him. I'm conscious of his will, I'm conscious of his heart, and therefore I'm less eager to grieve his heart. In other words, I'm mindful of what he likes and what he doesn't like. I'm mindful of what grieves his heart concerning my conduct or my behavior. Have you guys listen to me? Has the Lord ever told you go apologize to your wife? That's not easy. Because I'm right. <laughs> Doggone it, I'm right. And you're telling me I got to go apologize for what I said to my wife? And God said, well, I ain't going to talk to you unless you go talk to your wife. That's not easy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. So 
That's his daughter. So if I treat her poorly, it grieves the heart of the father. And I can't say that I do the best job of it, but I try. Come on. And God's trying to get me better all the while. All right, that one was for free. All you ladies, just say praise God. Amen. Being filled stirs a hunger for the word. I said when you'll stay full, when you'll purpose to pray in the spirit, there will become a hunger for the word of God. And as I said, the more hungry that you become for the word, you desire to know him more. The more that you spend time in his presence, oh, I just want to get more. Oh, when it comes to spending time in his presence and being full, you won't look at church as being optional. You'll say, I want to be in the house of the Lord. And as it says, I believe it's in Psalms, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. Amen. And so therefore, when I'm praying in the spirit, I get hungry and thirst for the things of God. Hunger will create faith. Faith will ignite revelation. Revelation will reveal the will of God. And all the while, I'm growing spiritually. And it all comes from being able to pray in the spirit. I said that there's multiple benefits to this. It's not just babbling when you're like, I don't know what in the world I'm doing. No, your spirit begins to engage with God. Now, what does being, I'm closing with these final thoughts. What does it look like when you become spiritually matured? What does it look like? Well, as the Apostle Paul said, he said, to begin to grow, to mature, to have spiritual growth is that you become a doer of the word, not a hearer only. You become a doer. So in other words, I'm endeavoring to be well-pleasing to God. I'm allowing the word of God to be my compass. My faith in how I live my life and trust God is based upon his word. I'm beginning to grow spiritually. As Paul said, he says, the mysteries of Christ are beginning to be revealed in my life. What, excuse me, what are the mysteries of Christ? One is salvation. Secondly is who he's called you to be and how you're to act as a believer. This is a big rub for lukewarm carnal Christians. Why? Because when I walk and act in the manner of a maturing believer, I begin to act like Jesus. I begin to think like Jesus. I begin to talk like Jesus. I begin to love like Jesus. And therefore, those that will say, here's the line that I know of, and this is what my religion, or this is what my faith, or this is what my background, this is what my last denomination said, and therefore, I'll only come up to this line, and therefore, there'll be those that cross over and say, I want more. I want to be filled. I want to be filled to the full. And those that will come up to the line will watch those that will continue to go forward. And because they're unwilling to go, it becomes a rub. Why? Well, listen to a couple verses. In 1 John, notice what it says here. When you're filled, notice it says in verse 17 of 1 John chapter 4. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness. Everybody say boldness. That I can have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. How many people do you know that have been tormented this last year because of fear of COVID? Don't hear me wrong. COVID's a real thing. But if you're full, what did he say? He said, when you're full, he said, you'll be perfected or maturing, developing. And he says this, as I am, so are you. So in other words, Jesus is not full of fear concerning sickness and disease. So therefore, why do I have to be fearful? No, I'm walking like Jesus said to walk in this earth. Amen? But I said that that's a rub for some people. Well, dear God, how dare you act so bold? That's arrogant. You conceited thing. No, he said... I can be bold. I have boldness as a result of this. Last one I'm going to share, John chapter 14. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, now listen to these words, the works that I, or excuse me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, okay, let's pause before I get there. Remember he said, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit for your advantage. He says, when you pray according to the Spirit, you pray the will of God, and whatever you ask, it will be given to you. So let's read it with that being said. He says, now, he says, those who believe, the works that I'll do, he'll do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. When you're full of God, you begin to look, act, talk, walk differently than just the average Joe Blow. Because the greater one's on the inside. Can somebody say amen? I walk boldly, and I walk unashamedly in the way that I trust God. Yeah, there will be those that say, I don't like the way you talk. There's been people that have left the church to say, well, I don't believe like you. You say, well, just believe God. Well, I listen. There's a, there's a real world out there. Yes, there's a real world. But the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I'm a victor. You're a victor. So fill her up. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to close out the service a little bit differently. If you're here this morning and you want to be filled and you would like to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I want to give you that opportunity. But because for the sake of time and just multiple people that are here, what I'm going to ask you to do is just wait until after service because that way I can just share a little bit with you and then we'll pray with you so that you might receive. And so if you're that person, persons that want to receive, just come sit over here in the front just right after service and then once everybody kind of parts away, we'll... Spend some few minutes with you. If you're here and you say, you know what? I want to be a spectator. I want to watch this. And just sit back quietly and just watch what God's going to do. Amen. And if you're saying, I don't want nothing to do with that. I've already been filled or whatever the case might be. Then you can just go to lunch. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we love you. Whatever you want. Amen. You okay? All right. For those of you that are watching online, we're going to let you go at this time as well because...
We're just going to spend some time with the people of this local assembly. If you want to be filled and you've been watching online, you've been hearing what we've been talking about, write the ministry, send us an email, and we'll send you some information free of charge that will help you walk through the process of being filled right where you're at. Because God wants you to live a life where you can say, fill her up. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.